Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code CHAMPION and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Remember to use code CHAMPION and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets If you don't win your first bet, place your money line, prop, or parlay bets with the king of sportsbooks today. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Virginia only. New customer offer subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotion, promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. On today's episode, I'll catch you up with everything that's gone on through the first two games of the 2019 NBA Finals. We'll take a look back at Golden State's five years final run and relive some of the some of the top finals moments during this time. And for something different, I'll also give you my take on the Michael Jordan LeBron James GOAT debate. All that and more, let's get into it. What's up guys, welcome back to Around the Arc, I'm Jamie and as always very happy to have you here. thought we'd start off today's episode just uh, by going through a little little catch up of the, of the finals, uh, give you everything that's happened so far. So Toronto surprised a lot of people I think when they, when they jumped out to a 1-0 series lead in these NBA finals. Just absolutely dominating with their defense and their superior execution. And that was even with their best player, Kawhi Leonard, having a subpar game, at least by his playoff standards this year. Um, But in game one, Pascal Siakam really, really picked up the slack and had probably the best moment of his young career in his first ever finals game putting up 32 points eight rebounds and five assists while playing some outstanding defense as well and i think it's also worth noting that he was being defended most of the time by draymond green who we all know is one of the best defenders in the game however it was a bit of a different story in game two as the Warriors kind of weathered the first half storm from Toronto and then went on that amazing 20-0 run at the end of the second quarter and beginning of the third quarter, which, for all you stat nerds out there, is the biggest unanswered run since the NBA and ABA merger. And that was way back in 1976, I think. And... In game two, even though even though Steph had his struggles, Clay and Draymond they did their thing, but it was it was definitely the other guys 
that were kind of the main X factor for for the Warriors in Game 2. I mean, you could point to Andre Iguodala's clutch dagger three, albeit one of the most wide-open shots ever, but still big, big shot. You had uh, Quinn Cook's three consecutive threes, I think was at the start of the fourth quarter. Um, Then, obviously, DeMarcus Cousins, who has been getting a lot of praise for his effort in Game 2, and rightly so. He played a terrific all-around game after surprisingly being put into the starting lineup for Game 2. Now, on Toronto's side, Kawhi, he did have a much better Game 2 individually, although he did still struggle from the field, just going 8 for 20, and especially from 3, where he was just 2 out of 9. But for Toronto collectively... What kind of lost the game for them was when they just went cold to begin the second half. And that was when Golden State were going on that incredible run. And then, yeah, Toronto's offense, it just looked more stagnant than it had been. Guys were being kind of less decisive and less aggressive with it. So now, going forward, the Warriors are listed as favorites heading into Game 3. And I'm sure you've heard the rumors KD is set to return either in Game 3 or Game 4, more likely Game 4. Um, with all that, things aren't looking great for Toronto on paper. But what they've taught us throughout this postseason, especially at conference finals matchup against Milwaukee, is that it's just a silly idea to count this team out. Uh, and on top of that, things actually shifted in their favor um over the over the last day or so when it's come out that clay thompson he's questionable for game three after he suffered that hamstring injury in game two and then kavon looney who's been consistently golden state's best center uh in the in this playoffs he has now been ruled out indefinitely after suffering a broken collarbone in game two so that's definitely a a big blow for them Game 3 now becomes a really, truly pivotal game in this series. I think especially for Toronto, who may have a golden opportunity now to regain home court advantage with Golden State's health waning. We'll just have to wait and see who actually suits up for them heading back to the Bay for for Games 3 and 4. And while we're on the topic, I thought I'd just hit you with my little prediction of the week, and that is that Golden State will, in fact, lose home court. Toronto will regain it in these next two games in Oakland. All right, moving on now. So as we all probably know, the Golden State Warriors have just dominated the NBA Finals over the past half decade actually making the most consecutive finals appearances as a team since Bill Russell's Celtics. And while some may view this level of supremacy and dominance as a little bit boring, uh, uncompetitive, and um, a a bit repetitive to have them year after year in the finals, no doubt, whether you're a Golden State fan or not, there have been some truly historical moments and performances during this five-year run in the finals. So what I wanted to do today is just take a look at some of the most most memorable finals moments and performances over this, over this five-year stretch. 
So I've got I've got six here. But as always, if you if you feel like I've missed any out, or um, yeah, there's any that you think should be included in this list, please do let me know. Hop on Twitter as always around the arc at around the arc pod. Anyway, without further ado, let's just jump right into this. So the first moment I've got number six is the. Pascal Siakam game from game one of uh, this year's NBA Finals, which I've already kind of touched on, but um, I'll just go over it briefly once again. So the the scenario was even with even with the Raptors' best player Kawhi struggling on offense in game one, Toronto were still able to prevail and beat the two-time defending champs thanks to Pascal Siakam, the rising star, most improved player this year. Now, Siakam was just legendary in his first ever, ever finals game. Um, as I've already said, 32 points, 8 rebounds, 5 assists. Tremendous spark on the defensive end. And heading heading into this final series, many, including myself actually, had, had Pascal labeled as one of the main X factors for the Raptors. And I think it's clear right from the tip of game one that they were going to need him on peak form to have a chance in this series. I mean, just look at the way it's gone so far. Game one, he plays spectacular and they win. Game two, he has a subpar performance, at least offensively, and they lose. Now, only time will tell if he can continue to step up and and help the Raptors um, as they continue their quest for their first ever NBA championship. All right, next up. At number five, we've got LeBron's 50-piece in game one of the 2018 NBA Finals. So heading into the 2018 NBA Finals, they seemed to kind of be over before they even properly got underway with just about everyone picking the Warriors to easily dispose of the, of the greatly overmatched Cleveland Cavaliers. And yeah, it did end up in a sweep, so everyone was was proved right there. However, LeBron and the Cavs were just a few seconds and a single missed free throw and a blunder, an epic blunder away from winning game one on the road in those NBA finals and absolutely shocking everyone. And I think it's fair to say there is only one real reason that they found themselves in that position, even to begin with, and that is LeBron James. I mean, th- this was arguably the best game of LeBron's career. He absolutely torched the Warriors in this game for 51 points. I mean, he, s- he single-handedly kept them in the game throughout throughout the contest, and then he still had enough left in the tank late in the game to sustain this kind of unstoppable play into crunch time. And then all of that culminated with that, I don't know if you remember, that kind of impossible and one layup. I think it was over Steph Curry and and Kevon Looney, which ended up putting Cleveland up in the closing moments. But unfortunately, it would all go downhill from there. I mean, first there was that just blatant mischarge call on LeBron, which um, which ended up put Golden State back up, I think. And then you had George Hill, who missed that critical free throw with the final seconds that would have given them the lead. But then 
the man who stole the show that night, J.R. Smith, actually grabbed the offensive rebound for that missed free throw, but forgot the score. And, I mean, the rest is history from there, basically. The series was basically over from that stage. But with all that being said, and even with the way the finals went from that point on, it's still one of the truly great performances that we have seen on the final stage, no doubt. Alright, now at number four, we're sticking with the 2018 NBA Finals. We're looking at KD's Dagger 3 in Game 3. So, since since joining Golden State back in 2016, despite all the, all the hate and the criticism that he's gotten... Kevin Durant has, no question, helped put his name among the all-time greats by winning back-to-back titles and back-to-back finals MVPs. And actually, in the 2018 finals, it was, it was actually looking like Steph Curry was in line for his, for his first-ever finals MVP award, kind of the one, the one individual accolade that's always eluded him. That was until Game 3, however, when KD had just about a perfect game. I mean, he went off for 44 points, had 13 rebounds and 7 assists as well. And then capped all of that off by hitting the cold-blooded Dagger 3 to essentially seal the game down the stretch. And that that shot was basically the the crushing blow that ended Cleveland's season so they would fall down 0-3 after that and like with every other team ever they just could not fight back from that all right coming in at number three not so much an individual game performance or or moment as more for an entire series performance I've got LeBron's one-man show in the 2015 finals now, I feel like this this absolutely deserved a place on its list, even though it is over the course of the whole series. Because, you know, LeBron LeBron dominating the finals, it, it's nothing new. I mean, he, he, he went there eight consecutive years. But in 2015, things were a little different since James's second and third best players, Kyrie Irving and and Kevin Love, they were both out with injuries. Kevin Love, he'd suffered that dislocated shoulder in the first round of the of the playoffs, and then Kyrie actually injured himself, uh, fractured his kneecap in the overtime of Game 1 of the Finals. And after that, I mean, thing, things just seemed to be over. I mean, already facing a 67-win Warriors team, I mean, LeBron and the Cavs were essentially expected to just fold and and lose without putting up much of a fight especially after Kyrie went down but LeBron just wasn't having any of that as he rattled off in games two and three he rattled off back-to-back historic performances and actually put Cleveland up 2-1 in the series um although he did he didn't have quite enough left in the gas to sustain that kind of all-time level of play for game four, and they would end up falling in six games, but LeBron would put up one heck of a fight in one of the most valiant efforts we've seen in a losing in a losing effort in the finals, as he would average 
think it was about 36 points, 13 rebounds, and 9 assists. I mean, he was so dominant in, in these finals that many people, including myself, hate me for saying that if you want, um, but many of us felt that he should have actually taken home finals MVP, even though it came in a losing effort. He was that good. Now, second best finals moment over the last five years now. We've got Kevin Durant's other dagger three in game three of the 2017 NBA Finals this time. I mean, this shot was so similar in so many ways to KD's other dagger three that I mentioned that happened the year after. But I think what puts this one over the top is the fact that at the time it was the biggest shot and all-around biggest moment of Durant's entire career. I mean, this was, this was his first NBA Finals appearance with the Warriors, and with all that pressure that he had on him, probably the most pressure any players had since LeBron back in 2011 and 2012, with all of that pressure, KD more than rose to the occasion. And his incredible finals performance up until that point culminated in that, in this shot. So in a hotly contested game three, in which Cleveland were actually up six late in the fourth quarter with a few minutes left, they just saw that lead evaporate in the the final couple of minutes. But they still had the lead. I think it was a one or two point lead with less than a minute to go. But then this is when Kevin Durant would just casually walk the ball up the floor and pull up for three with LeBron right in his face and just and just stick it. Nothing but net. So this shot gave Golden State the lead. And in fact, a lead that they wouldn't give up for the rest of the game. And much like his dagger that I talked about, um, a little minute ago, this essentially put Cleveland in an 0-3 hole. And just like with 2018, they just could not escape that. But that wasn't even our, my top choice for the best moment of the past five years in the finals. For that, I'm sure this isn't a surprise to, to most of you. I've got... The LeBron Block and Kyrie Dagger 3 in the 2016 NBA Finals in Game 7. So the the 2016 Finals, they'll go down as one of the most memorable final series in NBA history. I mean, this was, this was LeBron's second crack at the Warriors, but uh, this time he had both of his co-stars along for the ride, so this was kind of kind of a hypothetical what-if rematch of the year before to see if, if Cleveland could have could have beaten them the year before if they'd been healthy. But after falling down 3-1 in the series, things looked like they were kind of over for Cleveland. But, you know, a Draymond suspension here, an injury there, and just a goat LeBron showing. <laughs> Cleveland managed to force a Game 7 and this is what set the stage for one of the most memorable endings to one of the best games to one of the most memorable series that we have ever witnessed. Now, in a, in a frantic, scrappy fourth quarter with the score tied at 89, 
Steph Curry bounces it to Andre Iguodala on the fast break, who looks like he has an easy transition layup, and we all know what happens from here. LeBron just comes out of nowhere and just pins the ball against the backboard for arguably the greatest defensive play in finals history, and one of the best defensive plays we've ever seen in basketball history, if we're honest. I mean, he just pinned the shot against the backboard, providing this spark that Cleveland would ultimately need to pull out in Game 7. And then, with the score still tied, less than a minute left, it was now Kyrie Irving's turn to play hero. And with around 53 seconds left in the game, he would hit that cold step-back three with Steph Curry right in his face to put them up three. Then James would end up icing the game with a free throw, and that would be it. That would complete the most incredible comeback in finals history, as up until that point, no team had ever come back from a 3-1 series deficit to win the finals. So it's really... One of the biggest finals moments, not just in the last five years, but ever, really. And it really was kind of that iconic moment that LeBron needed on his kind of career resume to kind of help with this constant GOAT, Michael Jordan comparison that he's he's faced with. And actually, we'll get into that in just a wee minute. But that, that does it for, for my list of the top NBA Finals moments from the last five years. Like I said, um, if you think I missed any, be sure to let me know. And also, I'd love to love to know what are some of your favorite moments from the NBA Finals. It doesn't have to be from the last five years. It can be from 40 years ago. Just let me know. Alright, and just before I get into all the LeBron James versus Michael Jordan talk, I thought I'd just hit you with a quick stat of the week. So, I mean, since since we're since we're already talking about LeBron, I think it's quite quite well known among among NBA fans that uh, the typical LeBron stat line uh, is twenty seven point seven rebounds and seven assists. Right? I mean, it's what he's averaged. For his career through through 15 years and it just seems to be typically on average kind of an average game for LeBron 27 7 and 7 but despite averaging that for his entire career can you believe this LeBron has never actually had a game in which he has recorded 27 points 7 rebounds and 7 assists How about that? Okay, and that brings us to the final topic of the day, which I understand is a a little bit of a of a touchy subject with NBA fans, a little bit of a little bit of a controversial topic, but I'm just going to give you my thoughts anyway, and Yeah, just see what you see what you think of it. Now so one of the one of the most talked about things in NBA circles it revolves around really one burning question and that is who is the greatest player of all time or the goat 
Now, fans, analysts, players, ex-players, coaches and ex-coaches, they all, everyone debates this topic and they have done does like for for decades the decades that the nba has been around it's been a debate really now in goat debates today there are two players that are mentioned more than anyone else and that is michael jordan and lebron james so obviously those these two get compared to each other a whole lot now jordan has been kind of the consensus goat pretty much since he retired for the second time in 1998 but then over the last i don't know five years or so would you say lebron has kind of gradually been adding to his resume and closing the gap and making his own case for being the goat of basketball but what i wonder is is why why are these debates taken so seriously especially especially when there are so many what-ifs and hypothetical obstacles that will always prevent us from reaching kind of an emphatic conclusion to this answer. Let me, let me, let me jump in and explain this a little, a little further. So first off, it's, kind of, it's, it's impossible to fairly compare these two guys, these two greats, since they played in totally different eras. Now, I'm sure some would posit that the the very best of the best in NBA history, the best, the truly best players, are so great that their that their talent and skill and overall ability level can transcend any era. And it doesn't matter when, what time, um, which decade you plop them in, they will dominate. But I don't think that that's, that still doesn't clear up this this goat debate issue. I mean, we still have no way of knowing how LeBron's game would have would have changed and evolved in the kind of late 80s early 90s or how or on the flip side how Michael Jordan's style of play would have adjusted to to, to today's game where there's uh, a lot more emphasis on spacing and three-point shooting. If you're looking at if you're looking at legacies and accomplishments, well, LeBron he still has a ways to go in his career. I think another at least another three years of him being you know at least at a star level. Because I mean, yeah, I know he's about to enter his seventeenth season, but he's still arguably the best player in the world. And with the way that he takes care of himself, I mean, I've seen. I've seen reports that he spends up to two million dollars a year on taking care of himself. So, I mean, with that, he's he's not really showing any signs of going anywhere anytime soon. Um, so he still has plenty of time to a- continue to add to his career resume and his legacy. Now he almost <clears throat> he almost definitely won't catch Jordan in championship rings, MVPs, or all defensive teams. But he he will almost certainly finish with more points, more rebounds, assists, probably more steals and more blocks. Not to mention he does have a better shooting percentage from the field and from three-point range as well. Although Michael Jordan does win the, the free throw battle by a considerable margin. You know, that's always been kind of the one weakness of LeBron's game. But again, just touching on the on the three-point shot again for a second like i mentioned earlier 
the three-point shot, it wasn't utilized nearly as much in Jordan's era. So, like I was touching on, we have no way of knowing how this part of his game would have developed or evolved if he'd played in today's league. Now, another another um, aspect on the on the on the legacy topic of things when it comes to kind of durability and longevity, LeBron wins that section by a country mile, and that's not even close, really. Now, it's not that that is not a knock against Jordan's career. Nearly as much of it is a testament to LeBron. And the way he takes care of himself, I mean, he's one of the best conditioned athletes that we have ever seen, really. I mean, he's already passed MJ in seasons played, um, and the gap, that'll just be even larger by the time LeBron retires. But then again, on the flip side, you don't know how many seasons Michael Jordan would have played if, if you know, you know, the... the um, the world of medicine, you know, with the way that's advanced in recent years, we don't know if um, how much longer Michael Jordan would have been able to keep playing. So that's again another another thing to to think of when when addressing this debate. And I think in order to have a debate that's as fair and objective as possible. I think we'll need to wait until at least a few years after LeBron has retired, and then we'll need to revisit this this comparison, because as history's shown us, memories do get fuzzy as time passes. Now, a lot of us kind of uh, forget or ignore the the legitimate knocks against Michael Jordan and his legacy. I mean, all, you, all you'll hear from, from people on Jordan's side of the GOAT debate are, is... You know, you're all six and zero in the finals with six finals MVPs, but what's often left out, either you know, deliberately forgotten or or accidentally so, is you know, remember the the one and nine playoff record he had without Scottie Pippen, what are the the conference semifinals loss to the to the Orlando Magic in 1995. Uh, his two underwhelming final seasons in Washington, and also his multiple retirements, because I think those should be considered as knocks as well. You know, if I'm um, going to jump into the conspiracy theories here, if if his first retirement in 1993 was actually a secret suspension by David Stern in the league due to his uh, his well-known kind of gambling issues, then... I think that deserves to be a knock. Alternatively, if if he did just lose the motivation like he said he did after quote-unquote accomplishing everything possible, then I think that too deserves to be a knock because you look LeBron, he's never had that issue. He's he's never he's always come back into a new season after a win or a loss, you know, in tip-top shape and kind of just ready to go and chase another ring. And I also feel that at this point it's worth it's worth pointing out that everything everything that LeBron says or does uh, on the court and off the court is just picked apart by the sports media and and the fans. Um, I mean his play and his his production that is under a constant microscope 
kind of on a daily basis. And that that's something that Michael Jordan never had to deal with. Now, I'm not saying this, this impacts either side of the debate itself but i think it it does mean that every single one of lebron's shortcomings in his career they're kind of they're a heck of a lot fresher in people's minds than with when than with jordan's shortcomings which i think in turn that kind of compromises the fairness of this debate now what are my final thoughts on this i think when it when it comes to the nba goat debate Specifically, LeBron James versus Michael Jordan. I know there are, there are a handful of other guys in with a shout. But when it comes to this specific GOAT debate, and really, in my opinion, GOAT debates in general, I offer you the simplest and most kind of anticlimactic of takeaways, and that is, who cares? I mean, it, it's... Don't get me wrong, it's interesting to hear people's cases for who they think the GOAT is and, and why, and it, it is fun to partake in these debates. But since none of these comparisons and questions can ever really be definitively resolved or answered, why take them so seriously, is my question. I mean, instead of getting caught up in the endless circular narratives, why not... Why not just sit back and enjoy the greatness that we see today from LeBron and the other NBA stars, while at the same time just remembering the greatness that we've seen in past years and past decades from from guys like Michael Jordan and all the other all-time NBA greats. That's my takeaway from it. Anyway, but love, love to hear what you think. I mean, where where do you land on kind of the, the NBA GOAT debate spectrum? Whose side are you on? Or are you like me and you're, you think um, you're kind of against the debates in, in general? Or let me know. And also anything I've missed as well, anything I've left out the, the GOAT debate that you feel needs to be in, absolutely let me know. Hop on Twitter at Around the Arc. And also if you are wanting to... Um, to kind of dive deeper into this whole goat debate thing there's there is a great kind of documentary on youtube um i don't know if you've heard the uh, nba youtuber called rusty buckets he's caught he's got a, a terrific documentary i think he's called it the the goat mentory sorry if i'm if i'm saying that wrong but um yeah, if you're wanting to to really dive deep and analyze kind of every player that can make a case for being the greatest of all time, definitely, definitely go and check that out. But yeah, what are your thoughts on the NBA GOAT debate? Let me know. And with that, we have come to the end of today's episode, guys. Thank you so much for listening, tuning in. As always, it's it's always great to have you here. And like always, like I always say, if you if you are enjoying the podcast, getting something out of it, then uh, a five star review will go a long way to helping helping us out. And also, if you want to leave a review with any any thoughts or or questions, uh, comments about the show or anything, I can I can do to make it better. You know. Any any suggestions greatly greatly appreciated. 
other than that, guys, I hope you enjoyed today's episode and we'll be back next week, same time again, for more NBA talk and stuff. All right, catch you then. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code CHAMPION and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Remember to use code CHAMPION and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if If you don't win your first bet, place your money line, prop, or parlay bets with the king of sportsbooks today. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Virginia only. New customer offer subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.